I have like a lot of like cousins that look up to me. And so they like are following in my footsteps. And so at the time when I didn't really value myself, I was dating like, like hood guys, I guess. Like, and then, and then my cousins, my little cousins, then they started following that. And I was like, oh no. And so now they get to see me and they're like so proud and they're like looking up to me. And then I have my, you know, all my clients and they're like, because of you, I've always like voice notes and, you know, things I keep just to keep me going. But yeah, they're like, because of you, I didn't quit. Or, you know, like you've changed my life or things like that. Terry Wade is a self-mastery coach whose business journey started in helping small businesses grow. And although her dad still thinks that she should be working in Silicon Valley rather than the online world, hashtag nobody knows what I do, right? Her calling to help women live abundant lives through business will not be silenced. As a self-proclaimed recovering people pleaser, she's had to work on her own mindset to be able to help others. And it hasn't always been easy. The old me would have tried to explain myself, like, and yeah, I'm wanting to like, yeah, maybe, you know, please her or, you know, make the situation less awkward or whatever. But I was like, no, like I'm not dealing with that. My name is Ina Coveney and I'm a lead generation expert for online coaches. And today I'm interviewing one of my clients about her journey to find her passion. If you have been wanting to start your own online empire, then you are going to relate to Terry's struggles, her beginnings, and what she's doing now to improve the lives of her clients. We had to cut the interview down for the podcast, but if you'd like to hear exactly Exactly how she supported herself while she was kicking off her business and you'd like to hear us share stories of times when our energy was being drained and what we both did about it get the full version of the interview at theglobalphenomenon.com uncut and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, while you're wondering how you can also be interviewed on the podcast about your own journey, stay through to the end and I'll tell you how to apply for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be interviewed by me right here. This is a limited time offer, so make sure to get the scoop and apply today. Also, make sure to head over to the review section, submit a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the sweetest self-mastery expert you'll ever meet, Terry Wade. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hello, everyone. Today, we have the lovely Terry Wade. Terry, it's so nice to have you here. Oh, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Ina. It is quite a pleasure. I, I like to do my research and I can't wait to dive into your story. But before we start, can you tell everyone what is it that you do right now and who do you do it for? Yeah. So right now I am a self-mastery success coach and I help lady entrepreneurs to create more success in their business and more fulfillment in their life. I run a six-month abundance mastermind. I run different courses. I actually just started getting into courses. I'm doing a get booked course. It's an eight-week get booked course. And then I, I infused a lot of mindset. I used to teach at a, a college, Skyline College, a business course. And these students had amazing ideas, but they didn't have the mindset and the belief in themselves to actually execute on these ideas. And, and we'll get to all of that. <laughs> but before you encountered entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. what were you doing and what did you think your life was going to be in a more traditional way? 
Yeah, well, my dad had told me, he's a lawyer. He's like, hey, you're going to be a doctor. So I went into college and I went like bio. And then I started taking some bio classes and chemistry and seeing blood. And I was so turned off. Uh, I, of course, it's very necessary, but it was definitely not for me, not my path, not my calling. So I went undecided and I found business and marketing. And I really realized I'm really fascinated by what it's kind of like the psychology of business that I'm really interested in. But why do people do what they do and what attracts their attention and why? So, and, you know, I'm just really personable. I like talking to people. So it was a good field for me. And then from there, I was always working in small businesses. One of my first jobs was working at a cafe for my uncle. And I just got to see the day to day, you know, behind the scenes, the whole thing. And then I worked for a lot of small businesses, even like small business franchise owners at the Little Gym, uh, even at Kaplan, um, and then other people that had a bakery. So one of my jobs that was a pivotal moment for me, I reported to a lady who was a consultant at the at the school. And as I was leaving, she was like, well, what snacks? I can help you find a job. And I was like, I actually don't want a job. I want to do what you do. I love consulting. She was getting like $200 an hour coming in for three hours a day. I was like, that's awesome. Like, I was like, I want to do what you're doing. And then she told me like, that's cute, but you're too young and too inexperienced. And I was like, I was just like, like, who are you going to down my dream? Right. So from there, I kind of lit a fire under me. And, you know, when someone tells you you can't, then it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise, really. So that was like, I was like, I'm going to show you. But I mean, for me, I want to do it for me, but it was even more of a push. So then I got some coaches. My first coach was Jessica Nazarali. Uh, she had this eight girl academy. So I went through her program and I learned because in, in my master's program, I felt like some of this stuff was outdated. Like we were learning like how Coca-Cola did their ads, like but not Facebook ads, not like the most up to date. So I took her course and then I started going to different networking events and started getting consulting clients to help them get on social media. So I started off as a consultant doing the social media marketing. Okay. Can we pause there? Because I don't want you to breeze through 20 years (laughs) in 15 (laughs) seconds without ever having to dissect what we just heard. So I think it's incredible that your first experiences in the professional world were with small businesses. Um, But now you have to help me understand where your coach came in. Because for small, even small businesses, like if I go down Main Street in my town, they have no idea about the online world. They, they They don't know that there is a whole online coaching world that could even be helping them get better at their business. Like it's a very silo world, small businesses, um, that you feel like, unless you are another coffee shop, you can't really help me. When in reality, this is whole coaching universe in the online world. So yes, yeah, so when I started consulting, I was, I, you know, I, I think it's really good to you know, find your, your people and niche down because at the time when I was doing consulting, I was open for everybody. I would take on any clients. So I worked with plastic surgeons and gym owners and trade consultants and authors and network marketers. And so then I was like doing their marketing. So I had to learn, you know, their industry. And so it was a lot. But then as you know, I started getting familiar with just the marketing protocol and like what the call to action is, how to get the strategy together. Then, you know, I was doing a lot of their social media and newsletters and I was realizing like, you could have an intern do this, like, or you could have a VA do some of the work I'm doing. And first I was, I started when I very, very first started, I was like, oh, I'll just be 40 an hour. Then I went to 80 an hour and then, you know, I increased my price, but then an hourly wasn't even enough because then I was thinking about them in between the hours I was working. And I would come up with this whole strategy and who they should partner with and all of the things. 
And then I was like, so then I created the programs and then, but it was really when I, in, well, I needed the mindset because I wanted to grow. And so this is kind of where the coaching was. Cause I was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm working so hard, so many hours. Cause I would only charge them for what I was working. So all like the research I did, I didn't charge them for. So I was like, I am working around the clock and I'm not getting the money that I want to be making. So I hired uh, Bob Proctor. He had this thinking into results program. Uh, how did you and find Bob Proctor? Uh, you know, I was just, I was actually, so when I was getting into the entrepreneur world, I started doing consulting for, and then what's so funny is that lady that said I couldn't be the consultant, what was one month after is when um, I was the official in-house consultant for the Bay Area Entrepreneur Center, because mm -hmm. uh, I had, I told them what I do and what I know, and they were like, you know, we're actually looking for someone with your expertise as a consultant, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> in your face, but um, it was really fun because Uh, from there, that's where I met so many people. But I also became when the their director went on maternity leave, I became the director of the center for about a year, because um, she had stayed on an extended leave. So from there, that's when I met this lady, it was like a perfect pitch event or an, some kind of, uh, yeah, networking event that we just threw all the time. But she had come she was a consultant for Bob Proctor. And we went to coffee. And then she was just infused. She like, I see greatness in you kind of like what Les Brown says. And she's like, you can be doing bigger than you want to do. Or what are your dreams? She's like, you can achieve any of your dreams. It's, and so she was a consultant for the Bob Proctor program. And then she just made me believe in myself and see where my blocks were and see my old paradigms and how that's not serving me to step into the greater version that I wanted to be. So yeah, that's where I was introduced to coaching. And then, so in that same sense, the Bay Area Entrepreneur Center, when I was doing that, I started being a professor at Skyline College. And then my students, they had these brilliant ideas. Uh, one of them had a salsa company, you know, amazing salsa. But then he got like, we, he had an investor that wanted to invest in him. Uh, another salsa company that wanted to like take him under the wing. And then he just fell off. He stopped responding and like to the, and, and then he just went away. Another guy, so this was like three or so years ago. Another guy had this idea of this gentleman's box. This was when the Dollar Shave Club was really popular. Now subscription boxes are a huge thing. But so we had this idea before it was a huge thing to create a subscription box for gentlemen, all these products, because the Dollar Shave Club was so popular at the time. It's like, how about we add in like, you know, all the other things. And so these brilliant ideas, and then they would just fizzle. And I'm like, why are you guys not taking action on these? These are great. So then when I took the Bob Proctor program, I realized you have to believe it. You have to believe in yourself. You have to really understand yourself understand where you came from and, and why you act the way you act and understand how the mind works. So I was just fascinated by this whole world. And that's why I love Bob Proctor because he's on the secret. I want to know what the secret is. What's the truth. I also um, hired Lisa Nichols from the secret too, uh, to be my mentor. I just believe in mentors and coaching so much. It's helped me just like 10 X my, my business, my life, my happiness. Uh, so that's where I was like, okay, I wouldn't be a coach. So Yeah, just kind of, you know, going through the motions and keeps taking actions like one step at a time. It just gets a little bit more clear and a little bit more clear. So realizing the work I was I was doing was really something an intern can do. And so I was teach I was basically coaching the people I was working with and, you know, infusing their mindset and, you know, kind of, hire, you know, telling them like who they need to put together on their team, how they can get interns. So I was like, I feel more like and I love education. That's why I got in the education industry. So it kind of came natural, but then I was like, what I'm doing is a lot of coaching more than just the logistical things. And I felt like that mindset piece was so critically important. And, and then I, and then also, yeah, with doing the package programs, I just decided 
coaching is, is what's going to be for me. I don't want to be in there doing the work anymore. Like I want to empower people. I want to show them what's possible. I want them to believe in themselves and have a vision and a mission bigger. You know, I want, really want to create a ripple effect of, of empowering women, just like positive change. I just want that. And so doing like one person's marketing to expand their business is, uh, wasn't filling me up anymore. What did your parents do for work? My dad was a lawyer, is a lawyer. Um, he works in the district attorney's office. And then my mom, uh, she passed away about uh, five months ago now. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. You know, she's my biggest fan and supporter and I'm extremely spiritual. And so I don't believe that she's gone, gone. You know, I, I feel her presence and signs all the time. Um, you know, she's on pain, so that's good. Uh, but she, yeah, so she was a physical therapist. So she worked in Mills Hospital and people, she worked in the water doing aquatic therapy for people with arthritis and joint pain. Yeah. There was something in your story that I wanted to touch if it was okay. Yeah. You talked about being bullied when you were growing up. So this, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up now is because you know, talking about your parents and how supportive they are, I kind of want to get a sense for the kind of household that you grew up in because uh, for a family to produce somebody as independent as you, somebody as determined as you, somebody as like, I'm just going to do my thing because this is exactly what I want to do and continue with that grit. I love to understand what the family dynamics were. And something that you mentioned in your story was about the bullying when you were growing yeah. up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that definitely yeah uh, and when I do say so supportive my dad definitely still thinks I should work at Google like here in Silicon Valley <laughs> but um yeah like you know he, he, he just doesn't get it and that's totally okay um but but um okay so the bullying yeah you know and this is also what really fuels me so when I was younger I was bullied by my stepsisters so my dad he got married how, to this how lady. old how old yeah I was about seven years mm -hmm. old Uh, he's like second grade. So I was so excited because I, you know, at the time I was like, oh, I'm an only child and I've always wanted sisters. Like this is going to be a dream come true. And I was so sweet. My mom was the sweetest person ever. And so I, you know, like I'm really sweet and I love on people and I just, I just like, I just am happy to be alive. And so I was, um, to them and you know there was a can you get me this can you do that and, you know the, my mom always did that for me so I was just you know like happy to have sisters and then they really started turning it and it turned into like this whole Cinderella story where I, I was if I didn't do it then they would like lie and say something so I would get in trouble so now it became like I have to do it and like you're you know like I felt like I was kind of their like slave like just like doing stuff for them and it was just yeah and then you know you're so young so first I'm just trying to be like you know, nice and, you know, happy and excited and want to be included. And then a part of it is because I didn't have any brothers and sisters growing up. I'm, you know, you, everyone just sees it from their point of view, right? I mean, who knows what everyone else is thinking, but, you know, maybe like, like that's that brother-sister dynamic as you make fun of each other, you kind of do things. And so, but anyways, I just really internalized it. And, you know, so first I was like doing all these chores and if I didn't do them, then they would say some lie. And at the time my mom was in rehab So, you know, she's a very loving mom, but went through so much trauma, you know, trauma in her childhood. So she's in rehab. Then my dad would just kind of worked around the clock because he was like still, you know, getting started in his like law, you know, practice. And so my stepmom, she ended up like she was cheating on him. Like, and then so yeah, this, this, you know, her coworker who I just knew as her coworker, but I'm seven. I don't know what's happening. And then so when I told my dad, he was like, oh, just talk to your stepmom. I'm like, she doesn't care. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, it was just like, I'm just so, so alone. And I was like, yeah, what am I like? I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is, 
miserable. And and I just felt like I must be a problem because why am I getting bullied? Like if I'm not a problem, then like this wouldn't happen. So then I so I was passing by my dad's hallway and like going to the bathroom. And then, you know, he's a police officer and, you know, for high level cases, like murder cases, putting people in jail. So um, he, you know, he had a gun. And I mean, I guess people have guns, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, he had a gun and then he was closing the drawer and I passed by and I saw it out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like seven years old, eight years old, maybe at that time. Cause then they, you know, gotten married. And then I had this idea and I was like, this could be a way I can end my life. And I'm so young, like thinking about it, it gets me like choked up. Cause I'm like, like that's so crazy like that little kid like thinking to do something like that but um uh what's it called so I told my friends I had one friend at the time who's you know very sweet and I told her like this is my plan after school because I'm just like sick of all the bullying like and I don't you know I must be like a problem to people so um then she told her dad right away like she had said oh my god this is what Terry's gonna do so then they called my dad and then, you know, I went to therapy and stuff. So, but like, yeah, it was just so crazy. Cause like, you know, and then, so like what happens is from there, it was like this ripple effect of like, like low self-esteem and <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like low self-esteem and low self-worth. I mean, so obviously I'm still here, so I didn't go through with it, but then like slowly building it up and it was nice because I had like a really great therapist and she just like played games with me and like made me feel like I matter I'm worthy and stuff like that but um yeah like from there it was like you know I would just get in like relationships that weren't like super loving because you know I was just happy to be loved and so um and then I took these jobs like just like the like first getting out of college like like just any like like job just to get a job um you know, not asking for my worth, like just kind of like getting the bare minimum. And then like when I had asked the manager, um, she was like, you should have asked for so much more money. Like you're making less than the person, the last person who was here and you have a degree. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but I, I was like, I didn't know at the time. And so anyways, but I just lowballed myself and I didn't have that self, like self-esteem and that value. And so um, that's also like a huge part of like why it's so important for me for other people to like believe in themselves and get the confidence because now like through coaching and then also through my spiritual you know like awake awakening I guess um I just do a course of miracles and I've gotten really really like in touch with just who I am on like a really deep sense and so um I want to like share that with other people who've like been through that experience they have that low self-esteem they don't feel worthy enough and that's the thing with like this business it's like so many people have these great ideas, but they don't think they can do it. And like a lot of my clients, I was talking to a client yesterday and she, like, she compares herself. Like she was so excited. And then all of a sudden, you know, she realized this person she'd been, you know, colleagues with or on the same level with, like she was doing so much better than her. And then she felt like, I can't do this. And I'm like, you can't compare, you know, like just because, so anyways, like, but she has a lot of limiting beliefs and she low balls herself all the time. And so I'm like, you know, like that's the way where I'm like, no, like you are like worthy of it all, the value you bring, who you are, your presence. So, you know, like that's what really fuels me too. Is like, I want to instill that confidence in people. And then I have like a lot of like cousins that look up to me. And so they like are following in my footsteps. And so at the time when I didn't really value myself, I was dating like, like hood guys, I guess. Like, and then, and then my cousins, my little cousins, then they started following that. And I was like, oh no. And so now they get to see me and they're like so proud and they're like looking up to me. And then I have my, you know, all my clients and they're like, because of you, I've always like voice notes and, you know, things I keep just to keep me going. 
but yeah they're like because of you I didn't quit or you know like you've changed my life or things like that so that helps thank you for sharing that with us because it's so powerful because we all have a story something that happened in our life that made us feel not good enough and for a lot of us it stays with us for a very long time and it takes a very very strong brave person to face those fears and say I'm gonna have the life I want despite what these two girls decided to do to me 30 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever it is so I commend you for having made it here and for impacting the lives of so many people Um, and you should be extremely proud of that (laughs) which I'm sure you are and I'm sure your parents are I'm sure your mom is and um so I, you know, it's it's no secret to anybody who listens to the podcast that I was a victim of bullying as well and how uh, it's our, it's really what fuels us now. It's like, I'm going to show them. And in the process, we go and we we do good in the world, right? And we inspire other people, which is, a, it's a wonderful thing to use our, our insecurities for good. Yeah. You- and on that note, I wanted to just say, I'm really like you sharing your story and being, I had a huge problem with being, being vulnerable. So I'm like, you know, you're like making this open space where I feel like it's okay to be. But um, like it, like my dad, when I walked out of the, the, the door, he'd always like, you know, like, Oh, fix your hair, get your face. Like it was like, I had to be like, you know, presentable, perfect, like, like walking out and stuff. So I didn't think I could share and like cry, like on camera, you know, anything like that. And so I saw you um, doing your summit and, you know, and I had it had you in my summit when I was watching your summit, you, interviewed a lady who brought you to that moment. I think this might've been the first time that you were sharing that bullying experience and and that brought you to tears. And that really like, I was like, wow, like she's so brave (laughs) for sharing that. Thank you for saying that. It's, and I'm going to tell you it's every time that I share anything so personal, I shake and I'm, I'm, because I'm frightened of what anybody's going to say. Is this, is this going to, is this going to help anybody? Is there any purpose of me sharing this? And there always is. There's always somebody who's listening. Who's like, well, if she can do it, then so can I. So it's, it's just a big lesson on like vulnerability, which you have shown today. And um, I wanted to ask you something. This is, this this question is for me because uh, (laughs) us having had, uh, you know, that kind of experience growing up, do you consider yourself to be a people pleaser? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. And I've gotten out of it and it's so funny. So I was telling the abundance mastermind ladies because they've, they, they're talking to me about similar things where, you know, we know our environment is so important and who we surround ourselves with and what we internalize. So this lady who, um, you know, like we had hung out, you know, it was like a mom, my mom's friend's daughter. So anyways, we'd all kind of hung out together and then, she's like very negative. And then she was just saying things that were kind of negative in my, in my inbox and being a little condescending. And so I just told them, like, I, I just, you know, kind of blocked her messages. And I was like, cause it was bringing me down and I was yeah. thinking about it. And then I was thinking, Oh, are, you know, is what I'm doing. Okay. And I, and I know I have the best intention. I know what I'm doing is okay. And I'm always safe and protecting, you know, it's, I'm doing, you know, all the, the procedures necessary. So yeah, so I just put her in my spam box, but before the old me would have tried to explain myself, like, and yeah, I'm wanting to like, yeah, may- maybe, pl- you know, please her or, you know, make the situation less awkward or whatever. But I was like, no, like, I'm not dealing with that. Because what happens is like, you know, I don't want to bring that energy to my boyfriend, to, you know, my family, to my community, to my clients. Like, that's, that's not, that's even, you know, so one person who's negative, you know, just putting the, you know, letting them be negative. And then, but at first I would have wanted to please them, but I've gotten to a point now where 
you know, I am me and, you know, take it or leave it. And I only want people that want me around anyways. So, and it's, yeah, and I'm very positive. And so some people will say, why are you so positive? Like, they don't like it. And I'm like, that's totally okay. If if my positivity offends you, like, don't be around me. I don't don't want to deal with that anyways. I I have loved getting to know you uh, a little bit better because you are such a larger than life creature. I mean, you're you're so confident and you're so sweet. And like, everybody should just go and follow you like right now. (laughs) We're going to get there. Don't worry, everybody. I'm going to ask her where (laughs) we can follow her. But um, I'd love to to peel the onion of where where this came from. And you're such a genuine person. So it's just been so nice. But um, I would love to know at this point, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful businesswoman? You know, well, I, I don't know if people have this anymore, but I know when I was younger, I guess I'm pretty outgoing now, so it's different. But we, yeah, when I was kind of going through like not feeling worthy, I was very quiet and people thought I was unapproachable or maybe stuck up. But um, yeah, but I, I'm so loving and so giving and I'm very human. So I, I know in this podcast, I'm sharing a lot more than I normally share. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm very positive and I, and I feel like, you know, but I never really share the shadows or get vulnerable or into that. So, you know, I'm, I'm human just like the rest of us. And I have to constantly, you know, shift my mind. You know, if, if I see myself going in a, a, like a limited lack belief or thought, I, I have to constantly shift back into, you know, saying my affirmations, doing my power poses, getting into meditation, whatever it is that's going to, you know, like help me get back into, you know, my greatness and my power. But yeah, I'm, I'm just like everyone else, you know, I have like my good days and my bad days and, and I'll even still, you know, go back into, man, like, can I really do this? Is it really possible? But, you know, then, you know, just stay back in my truth. Like, no, like my work is of high service and worthy of massive compensation. Like I made in the image of God, anything's possible. Um, so you're just like, you know, going back to my mantras and, and then really, really like seeing my why, but yeah, just that I'm human, you know, like, like yeah, I have my good days and bad days, you know, I, I come on, you know, I try to put myself together before I get on and then, you know, I put myself up. So, you know, I'm giving the best energy to when I'm, you know, on live, but I'm human like everyone. I have my, my good days and bad days and I still, you know, go through like, Oh my gosh, can I really get to that next level that I'm re- you know, wanting to reach So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And also, If everybody who's listening had to do what you're about to tell them to do, to to live a better life, to live better in their skin, right? What would that thing be that you want them to do in the next 24 hours? Yeah. You know what I would do is I think really love yourself so deeply because when you love yourself, you're giving yourself permission to, you know, to, to have desires. You, when you love yourself, you're open to receiving the guidance. You're open to receiving the clients. You're open to receiving, you know, high ticket packages. Like, so I would just say, focus on self-love. Like maybe it's just give yourself a bath, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you, but do something for you and just start building that self-love and that self-worth because from that point, and, and you know, just quiet your mind and under, you know, just realize like, I am love. Like I, the, I am the embodiment of love. And so just like love on yourself, because when you love on yourself, then that's where all the miracles start to happen. Because then you're like, I, I can follow my desires and I can, you know, heart, you know, I am worthy of charging high prices or I am worthy of anything I want. I'm worthy of the love I want. I'm worthy of everything. So I would just say, do something for yourself to love, you know, even if it's getting some sunshine, you know, doing, doing, you know, just some dance break music, but I would just say, do something today to, to just really love yourself and get quiet, maybe journal on, um, you know, what that means to love yourself and, and really what the vision is, what you want dream big. 
Thank you so much for that. And Terry, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. So now where can people find you and follow you and join your programs? Yay. Well, yeah, follow me on the Lady Entrepreneur Society on Facebook. Uh, or not on Facebook. Well, on Instagram and on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, the Lady Entrepreneur Society. Uh, those are the two platforms I use the most. And then you can go to my website, terrywade.com, and that'll have um, just all the ways to work with me. I have a Get Booked program coming out soon. And uh, the Abundance Mastermind will start again uh, in a couple months. Amazing. Thank you so much, Terry. This has been great. Uh, such a pleasure. Thank you. Hey there, Ina here. I just wanted to say how amazing it was for me to interview my client, Terry Wade, for the podcast. And I want to talk to you. Yes, you on this podcast. If you are starting your journey as an online coach of any kind and you want to raise your profile and get your story out there, then I want to talk to you to you. If you're interested in learning more for a limited time only, I'm accepting applications to be interviewed on the podcast, but only one will be selected for the next season. To apply, go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash be our guest and go through the steps. I can't wait to read your application and share your story with the world. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe and follow button because next up we have our 50th anniversary episode where I'm going to be talking to Michael F. Shine, the author of The Hype Handbook, 12 Indispensable Success Secrets from the World's Greatest Propagandists, Self-Promoters, Cult Leaders, Mischief Makers, and Boundary Breakers. Ooh, you guys are going to want to hear what he has to say. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark. <laughs>